What's next year? Warren's uh, got a hobby. Or it's, you're like following people on Twitch. What, what, what's going on here? Um, so I, I've developed it. a new hobby um, that I literally developed two days ago. And mm. it's uh, just consuming lots and lots of Sifu mod videos. I've seen mm. Sifu played as Kung Fu Panda. I've seen Sifu played as Ronald McDonald. I've seen okay. Sifu played as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've seen Shaggy Sifu. looks pretty. Shaggy, yeah. John Wick. I just realized yeah. that, uh, you know what, sometimes the best way to play a video game is not to play it in its original form, you know? Like, yeah. you gotta play as Poe. You gotta take on those, those gangsters as Poe from Kung Fu Panda, you know? Oh, I, I, yeah, Sifu uh, mods look pretty good. I mean, mods in general are pretty awesome, especially comical mods. The God of War mods we were talking about, pretty funny. Kratos is just a giant eyeball. There's a mod where he's I really a giant do eyeball. Love, I love that. Yeah, I do love the modding. Head is. The modding world, because it kind of makes the game, you can make it what you want. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, a, it's like a weird collaborative art form in that regard awesome it, it's it, it's a beautiful thing right like because you think of a video game has one realm of possibilities and then it just you just discover a new world right like i could just be a panda like you can be mm-hmm. you're not just a big fat panda you're the big fat panda mm-hmm. in sifu mm-hmm. i'm just have saying you sifu you think of, uh... i haven't played it but i've been watching yeah. a lot of playthroughs so I feel like it's almost like I know the game because I'm just watching Sifu mod runs. So I I watched it back when they first announced it. I was like, this looks really cool. And I actually haven't seen anything of it since. But mm-hmm. it looked like a modern beat-em-up mixed yeah. with, like, yeah, I don't know, modern 3D combat in some regard. Yes, I think you, you have it right. And it's, like, okay. crazy hard and crazy punishing. <clears throat> like Sekiro kind of level? Yeah, like... It's like a Sekiro beat em up. Yeah. That's what I've like. It's supposed to be really hard. Like a lot of people say, you can beat it in two hours or something, but uh, because it's so challenging, it takes people usually more like ten to fifteen hours. Okay. Hmm. It does look cool. It's funny that you get older when you die in that game. Yeah. I wonder if anyone could mod it so you're like Benjamin Button. Every time you die, you get younger. Yeah, and then you're like a baby at the end. Like a baby fighting. You're like, all right, can't, that's it. Now you're a fetus. You're done. Well, the, Run the, is over. Well, the best one I saw was like a Kermit the Frog one where every single time you die, Kermit <laughs> grows a little bit bigger. So he starts off really tiny. And then like when you're like 30, he's like bigger. And by the time he's 70, he's like a giant. It's very oh, inspired. Wow. It's just the mods of Sifu are special in my Dude. Uh, <laughs> Sifu with Kermit the Frog and, and uh, or so sorry pandas and uh, Bert and Ernie. It's and special. Up the... <laughs> oh, you're so you're watching a, a YouTube video that Sifu, I watched, but that's ruined a great by mods. One. Yes, yeah. that's a great video. That's the video of the year. I think that's that's what people need to check out is Sifu, but ruined by mods. It's just the thing wow. that's worth mentioning on these two is that uh, these people are taking the time to rig <clears throat> these models to the Sifu skeleton, which is not a easy task, I'm sure. I never, I haven't done it for this game, but mm-hmm. I, it's definitely some work involved. So the people who are doing it are putting some effort in mm-hmm. to do that. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty amusing. 
Yeah, I can't believe the amount uh, of work that goes into these mods. It's just, it's like total nonsense, but you'll just have, you'll have Kung Fu Panda, and then like one of the boss fights is Ronald McDonald, and then another boss fight is like Sandy from SpongeBob SquarePants, and then you fight Bird and Ernie. It's like the creativity of, it's just how like someone just devoted so much time to designing this it's just so impressive and in such a smart short amount of time too it's only been out for a couple weeks yeah oh internet's on it's like unreal Uh, or something maybe oh i wonder yeah it probably is unreal because it looks pretty sharp so so it can't be unity right doesn't that pretty much preclude unity uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Sharp. What's it called? Look pretty good. Uh, Subnautica. Below zero. Yeah, yeah, but not. It, there's like not a, sharp, maybe? a lacking slickness. It's just yeah. present in those Unity games. Uh, speaking of slick games, um, Cyberpunk stealth dropped the next gen versions. Oren's finally gonna play it. And a full game revamp. They revamped the entire game. Oh yeah, full game like. revamp. I guess. I was going to maybe buy it, but then I saw, you know, I'm so married to my Xbox Series S, and I was so excited to jump on to Cyberpunk and play it at 60 frames per second. Alas, it's 30 frames per second. So what's the point? It's I might as well just play it on my PS4 at that point. What What is this? Uh, well, I don't know about that, but that is that is a real bummer. That's like not awesome because i tried it on my series x and it seems to be like 4k and pretty comparable to like a you know high specs on the pc it looked really good and it felt really good they they changed they must have spent some time tweaking the controller inputs because that game with controller when it first came out felt like dog shit but on my series x it felt pretty pretty responsive i guess they added a lot of aim aim assist which maybe wasn't there on the pc version hmm this I don't know if you guys remember this from me asking how long is it going to take for games on a Series S specifically not to be 60 mm. FPS anymore and um, I'm just hoping this isn't a start of a new trend of like people being like eh it's don't the same with Dying Light too it's 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 a bummer it's I I don't know it's it's weird because you could definitely get both of those games running at 60 frames per second on comparably spec'd PCs. So it's like yeah. an issue of like it's it's developer time that they don't want to take, you know, resources they don't want to spend, I guess, ultimately, which is not not awesome. Yeah, I, I would think with Dying Light 2 with their software as a service model, they'll probably do it on Series S. I would, yeah. I would think. Weren't you saying that Cyberpunk or was possibly going to implement it? Yeah. Okay, so it might just be temporary. Because like yeah. Assassin's Creed did the same thing; it, it launched at 30 FPS and then they upgraded it. Oh, Valhalla. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah when it was first came out on Series S, it was 30 frames per second. Um, hmm. I will say this game gives the first, I would say, use case for like, like it has a 60 frames per second mode on the on the higher spec consoles, and it has a 30 frames per second mode. But the 30 frames per second mode, instead of just being higher resolution, which I think is just like never a good trade-off, like a few more pixels for a blurry mess that is not good, but um, it has ray tracing, right? 
So like you could just turn on the ray tracing, walk around the city and just check shit out and just kind of have your walking sim moment and enjoy that. And then when you want to shoot stuff, switch it back to 60 FPS mode. So it's kind of a, it's like that is a use case for that I think is pretty good. Has there ever been a, a first person shooter that's done something like that? Like the walking segments are th- 30 FPS, but the action segments are 60 FPS. I feel like that that's never been done before like could you imagine like for example wolfenstein the new colossus or a game like that where the moments when you're in the submarine those are 30 fps but when you're out shooting stuff it's 60 i don't know i I've, I've i wonder if that would ever happen a lot of these uh cross-gen games that run at 60 fps in their gameplay have 30 fps uh cutscenes. right like um but there's something really jarring about controlling going from 60 to 30 like it's pretty dramatic in a way that it isn't if you just start at 30 fps you know what i mean like if you go toggle the switch and you see what it's the difference it's like that it it feels so much worse than if you just never had the 60 frames per second option for sure yeah i was i was thinking how evil would it be if there was a game where the enemy one of their attacks, they could lower your frame rate. Lower your frame rate. That would, that would be like the most <laughs> evil attack you could. And it stacks. Do. You're like you got eight stacks of it. Yeah, you just like can't like even two play frames per second. Chop, chop, chop. Yeah. I feel like uh, only someone like Hideo Kojima or Yoko Taro would do something like that. Could or could pull it off because right. it would just be you know it would just be horrible. This is funny that you guys say this because I was playing Dying Light too, and there's a point where you get drugged in my my frame rate started tanking and I thought for just like a minute that maybe that was an intentional thing just to like simulate being drugged but it was actually I think a memory bug that they have uh, <laughs> I had to restart the um, game <laughs> it happens in Village too when uh, when uh, what's her name's daughters attack you the, mm. the bees come out your frame would tank like bad it would go low so wait which daughter <laughs> I'm trying to remember um, uh, the first lady, um, Lady Dim- Dimitrescu's, um, her daughters when they when they attack you, they had these kind of bee attacks. Oh yeah, the frame. In rate. the PC version, there was a there was a bug. They, they, no, no pun intended. On the console versions, didn't have that, so they fixed it on the console. It wasn't even ever an issue. But PC version, it was a bug, and they fixed it. That's pretty interesting. When the bugs would appear, ironically, yeah. So, so uh, you're saying that in dying. I know we're going to talk about dying light too in a second, but when you say that there's scenes when you're being drugged in the game i just immediately start thinking of every far cry far game cry yeah every far cry game there's always a drug sequence where you're being drugged <clears throat> it's just funny how that's uh, a trope now in every open world game it's, it's a little <laughs> different soft games it's it's abused yeah. in my opinion to a point of ridiculousness it's like how they get away with having fantasy moments they're like oh we're, we want to have this fantasy sequence but we're just going to make it so your character's hallucinating what if the character was tripping balls and then, then he saw Thor. Think, um, crazy shit happened. So apparently one of the, I forget what the, the, the guy's name was, but one of the, the head, heads of, of uh, Ubisoft for a long time hated fantasy, and that's why they never released any fantasy games or any fantasy content for any of their games. All their games have always been grounded in either sci-fi or reality. So I, that's my theory as to why they've been doing that. Kind hmm. of, now it's just like ingrained in their style. You know, they imposed a limitation on the creativity of their staff, but... It gave us some kind of a different setting. I, I like the uh, historical fiction setting, which is still very fantastic. Um, it is. Yeah. So, I'm a fan. I, I like that there's a fantasy. There's a billion fantasy games. It's like the most common but genre. Didn't they make games, a fantasy so. game, like an ancient Greek fantasy game? I guess that's still kind of historical-ish, but 
you Assassin's played it already. Odyssey? Well, no, oh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yeah, that was that's like oh, yeah. a fan, that's a fantasy game. Yeah, it was fun. That was recent though. That was yeah. after that guy either was re- removed or I don't remember. Hmm. But yeah, interesting. Mo- most likely they were just chasing Breath of the Wild and, it's, and you know doing yeah. a more cartoony thing. And it's yeah, like, that... what are you going to do a realistic version of that? No. Mm. That game. That game was uh, a big deal for like ten minutes, and then I haven't heard it. I forgot it even existed. Game. It's fun. Uh, I I gave it a positive review when I reviewed it, and I I stand by that as someone who doesn't like it's open probably world just games. A, really, it's probably just a victim of uh, oversaturation of just video games in general. Well, it came out in December of the year it came out, which I I think releasing games in December is usually a sign that they're kind of trying to bury it. A little bit, mm. or they're trying, like they're just trying to squeeze it in. Sometimes <laughs> that's not the case, but even Halo Infinite, and the multiplayer came out in November. Mm. Um, but and it also came out like right next to Cyberpunk, which was a huge controversy and took up everyone's energy. So no one really played it. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, speaking of Cyberpunk, console version seems pretty good. Beginning of that game is actually, I, I hadn't played it since December of last year uh, or the year year before uh, it was still it's I think a very solid beginning uh, for, for being such a, like a heavily narrative scripted thing like it I don't know I dug it I think it it draws you in well uh, so check that out unless you have a series S then <laughs> then cry I guess that yeah I hope that doesn't <laughs> oh, become a trend oh man come on that shit I, I think they'll fix it and that game's definitely coming to Game Pass someday Right, The Witcher Three was on Game Pass for a while, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. I actually don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it I'm was, sure. but maybe I. Oh, it was. No, it was. You're right. No, I it totally was. That. Yeah. Yeah. So I see this coming to Game Pass in six to twelve months, which which then might be a good time for everyone to check it out if they want. Um, other news? Is there other news? Uh, no Man's Sky, other disgrace game, came to Switch. That's kind of crazy, huh? I never got into yeah. it, but that's cool that they did that. They just released a big combat patch for that game, too. Did they? Yeah. They revamped the entire combat system. And I think you can also get like giant combat mechs, like a uh, mech warrior kind of deal. Hmm. That's very strange. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh... I think it's, the developer's name is Matt Murray. Maybe I'm mistaken. I think Murray... Yeah, he, still, he says they still have like Sean a lot Murray? of plans. Sean Murray, that'd be what it is. Yeah, he said they still have a lot of plans for that game as far as uh, development for it. So they're gonna keep doing free updates. Sean that game's Murray, gonna be seven years, six years old. Yeah, and Sean Murray's reputation has just gone from amazing to horrible to amazing again in that time. What an arc! I don't know about if his his reputation has been completely redeemed, but like mostly. I think so. I, think I, think, so. I don't think anyone who hates that game now. No, the game. Him. Sean Murray. Because he's the one who was out there, you know, probably, like, just didn't know what he was doing, but, like, promising all these features that people then were like, where's our features? People, th- that kind of, I, I don't have a lot of time for that sort of shit. Unless it's, like, very explicitly part of the marketing campaign. If someone says, yeah, we think it'll have co-op, and then it doesn't have co-op on launch day, it's like, chill out. Yeah. I know. Uh, the same way. Speaking of games that didn't have functioning co-op on launch day, Dying Light Two was the co-op broken. Actually, it, it, was, it had a it had a bug. It worked. It was in the game, but it had a bug that would delete your save. 
Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I think it was fixed like very quickly, but they were like, don't play co-op for the first like few days, like immediately after release, there was a bug. So uh, you having played it for the first time, because I played Dead Island and Dying Light, mm. uh, what are your impressions of the game? I want to hear more about you, say, before I talk about it. Uh, okay. Well, the, the game or the graphics? Because I have different things to say about each. Uh, both. The game oh, the has... Game, the game first. Uh, the game's cool. It has really good parkour. Uh, the combat is good. I'm still getting used to it, though. I probably put about five or six hours in the game, so I'm still in the beginning, I think. Um, good combat. Very nice graphics. The setting is a little strange. Like it's, like it's supposed to be Europe, but people like my character sounds exactly like Nathan Drake. <laughs> like he sounds like exactly like so much so that I was like, is this is this the same actor? But it's it's not. Um, He's voiced by the Boulder Puncher, Chris Redfield. Yeah, I guess so. But he sounds yeah. just like Nathan Drake. So it's like you meet this guy in the beginning of the game who's French, and and like the name of the city is Villador, which is like, I guess. A French-sounding name, name, and it, it definitely has like French architecture. Like it looks kind of like Paris, um, but like some characters have like American accents. Like the accents are what's throwing me off. Like people, there's not a consistency to like why are all these people in the same city? Uh, but I guess this is just a nitpick. Like the game's cool. I like it. I like it a lot. It's it's fun. It's it's a good open world game with like lots of cool shit to do in an interesting world and setting. And I really like that it does the thing where it, it has a counter right like a time of day mechanic where when the night switches over, the game becomes significantly more challenging and hostile. And I really like open world games where the open world is very hostile towards you. I agree. It feels, it feels very dangerous at night. Um, and they have this mechanic also where you can only be in the darkest for so long without having to refresh it. So you have to kind of always go back to your base. And there's also this new um, system where that is these like basically like alarm zombies. If they spot you, they'll start sending waves of powerful zombies after you. And if uh, you continue to kill them, they send the very powerful zombies after you, which you really can't defeat in combat. At least I can't currently. Um, in the first game, they were also present, and I could defeat them only when I was like v- completely at the end of the game, basically, and they were difficult even then. So it's cool that they have that. I really like that. It, it kind of ramps up the horror element of being chased. and feeling. And I've never felt like the game felt scary ever, but it does, it does build moments of tension, and the atmosphere is there. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like it's a horror game. Yeah, I wouldn't. I like it has this kind of like Euro jank. It's like if if CD Projekt Red was doing Fallout, but pre Cyberpunk CD Projekt Red. So like the weird Euro jankness, but like it's kind of a Falloutish kind of yeah. world. It is kind of uh, cool. like there's like some weird. It's also like Western. a little like stalker. Yeah, it's definitely got some stalker influences. Like the Peacekeeper guys, are mm-hmm. like the they're like duty from stalker that's what they remind me of yeah like, it's true. Like this mili- paramilitary group who like they idolize like the the military style but they don't like the military themselves mm-hmm. that's what they or wlf maybe they're kind of like them too mm-hmm. did you notice how the cordyceps are uh, consumable in the game Mm-mm. like that's got to be an intentional homage right yeah a little <laughs> little hat tip yeah definitely uh, uh yeah the game no it's it's a good game it's a very good game. I, I've been really liking it. I really think that the um, the melee combat they finally figured it out and made it all feel good in every possible way. Like it has the Doom Eternal dash back in all multiple directions. Sekiro kind of parry system 
and you can kind of combo your dashes and parries off the like you can like that thing where you can jump off the guys and jump on the other ones you done that like yeah it made you it made you do that if you didn't do like yeah. during the beginning tutorial if you didn't pull it off and i was like wait what am i supposed to be doing here so like that tutorial was slightly confusing but um once i got past it it was like yeah okay i see you can chain like the stuff so it has that sekiro thing you and i were talking about this how the timing is different from sekiro so i keep missing my parries because i have like sekiro yeah. muscle memory <laughs> the window is definitely different yeah no question how many hours have uh, you both put into it I have played around 23 hours. Okay. Yeah, I put about five in. Um, I'm on the second map of the game. There's two maps. As far as I understand, there might be more, (laughs) but I think there's two. And the different areas of the game have different levels of the enemies or different levels. But it doesn't seem like, um, in terms of, like, power scaling, um, it doesn't feel like it's that significantly different. Like, if you're fighting, like, a level four enemy and, like, a first level three enemy, it's not really a big deal and how Hmm. different they are. It's not like um, like some ARPGs where it's like if you go into the zone you're gonna be totally dead. Like you probably couldn't sneak attack the enemies who are higher level than you, mm. but you still could fight them and kill them if you if you, if you had to. And how's right. uh how's like the open world design? Is it kind of more evolved from the first game? Does it kind of feel like a throw? Did you play the first game? I never played the first game. No. So the first game, um, the open world was cool. It definitely felt like it was a handcrafted world, but it just felt like it it was fun to explore to a point but it kind of got like a little boring i felt like with this game the world really feels like a place that's like interesting like it feels like it's a handcrafted world that's like fun to explore all the different little areas nooks and crannies so i've had i think the world is really like probably of all the elements of this game that really make it better than the first game i think the world the world design they really improved on that a lot like it's a good open world and it's not too big like you never need there's no fast traveling or there's never need to fast travel like you can run across it at a reasonable amount of is time. there fast traveling though there is fast traveling to certain points right you can fast right. travel to the two different maps or you can fast travel to the fast travel station but you can't fast travel from one point to another point okay interesting yeah <clears throat> yeah i think that's which important. is good because that would that would de-emphasize the parkour which is what the game is built upon so yeah yeah, you can get moving really fast. And a lot of the world is about exploring rooftops and kind of not going on the, the ground. So the ground is kind of more dangerous and the roofs are safer. So you're kind of yeah. finding creative ways to get from rooftop to rooftop. For the most part, it, it's like these huge block buildings like you see in Paris. So like the roofs are connected for huge stretches, but then you have to get across or maybe you need to get to a hospital and there's like no apparent route there and you have to kind of find it. And that's part of the, the mechanics of the gameplay. The parkour is cool, too, because um, if you get spotted by those alarm zombies, they send these fast-running zombies after you, and they'll, they'll, like, climb up stuff after you. So, like, while you're climbing, trying to, like, get away from them, like, they'll chase you everywhere you're going, which is a nice, fun mechanic. It's fun to, like, you know, rushly climb at night away from the zombies because that are trying to chase you. They have all those different multiple zombie types. Uh, the first game had this um, PvP element that I really liked, and I'm I, they, they don't have it in this game, and I'm not sure if they'll bring it back, which was... Uh, invasions basically hmm. uh, people could invade your game if you had it turned on and they would uh, become this kind of weird like spider-man like zombie where they'd like they'd like kind of go to different areas and like alert zombies after you and kill you and you'd have to like do these objectives to defeat them and fight them um it was this cool like asymmetrical versus mode that could happen at any time during your campaign hmm. and i i really liked that and, and it was fun to play it in co-op i remember my friend and i were playing it a lot in two-player when like oh my god an invasion is gonna happen and it would be like pretty exciting 
So I do hope that they bring that back. It was pretty fun to do it. And it, it wasn't like imbalanced or like rage inducing either. Like it felt like they had thought the mode out well. So it's only two it's player co op, right? It's four player. Oh, what? Yeah. Four player co op? Isn't it stunning because how big that game is? It's like, how did you guys make a four player co op game out of that? actually kind of crazy because it's it seems yeah. perfectly uh playable like in single player like i don't feel like you're a lot of co-op games you feel like if you're playing in single player it's you're you're not getting the right experience like left for dead yeah, yeah but that sure. this this isn't like that at all yeah hmm. that's why it's impressive it's like they built this full-fledged huge single player rpg mm-hmm. and there's no and it's also co-op at the same time mm-hmm I also wanted to mention, uh, compared to the first game, the first game had guns, um, and the guns felt crappy, and mm. they just didn't really need to have them. Um, they don't have them in this game, and I think that they really embraced what I've always called all of their games, which is a fantasy RPG set in the real world, because it's like, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a horror fantasy RPG set in modern day. But Some like, of the it's a game even... where you... Cl- huh? Yeah. Yeah, keep going. Uh, it's just because it's a game about where you collect melee weapons and fight monsters and melee weapons and get more powerful melee weapons. But, mm-hmm. like, the setting is the modern day. Yeah. Some of the people even look like they're from, like, like I don't know, like, Sherwood Forest or something. Like, they look like they're from Robin Hood or something. They have these, like, weird, like, uh, medieval kind of outfits on. Yeah, the Peacekeepers do. They have, yeah. like, knight-looking... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a cool setting. I'm happy that they did that. Like, if it was, like, generic high fantasy, I probably wouldn't have played it just because I'm... A little tired of that. It's it's a common genre, like I said. I don't hate it, high fantasy, but I just like you know. It's I'm glad that they they stuck with the modern sort of setting, but it's not a modern game and it's gameplay. It's not a shooter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I should talk briefly about the um, the ray tracing because what everybody's here for. No, it's it has <laughs> really good uh, ray traced global illumination, which means that like. The way that light falls oh, off global, huh? in corners, yeah, and under surfaces, and like, is really dramatic. So like, it it has like, I almost want to. I'm gonna be buying a a new monitor potentially soon. I'm almost like, I want to <laughs> see what this looks like on the on this OLED screen. But uh, like, mm. it, the way light falls off under like a character's foot or a table or like a car, it just looks so right and convincing that sometimes you have these scenes where like you walk around a corner you look at something and it just like the thing that happens when you're playing video games that your mind suddenly picks out little things that are wrong with the scene so you're just like yeah this is this is like a painting right doesn't happen right away like so it's like your 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 mind kind of buys it for a second it's it's really it's nice it's really impressive mm, that is cool what do you think looks better from the rate the rt the uh the daytime scenes or the nighttime scenes uh, indoor scenes. It's the same thing with Metro Exodus. I would say outdoor scenes look cool uh, and, and look really good, but like indoor scenes where where there's lots of dark areas, like I don't think video games are able to handle those very well because like you'll mm-hmm. often see like a corner, right? You'll be like inside of a room and in the corner of the room, the corner kind of glows, right? Because the, the way that light would fall off in real life is it would get subtly darker as you got closer to the, the deepest point of the corner. But in the video game, it doesn't work that way. It's just you just kind of have this like dark glow around the lines, the border of the corner. Um, yeah. So interior, inside, it, it just it can look really stunning in the same way that Metro Exodus did. Like Metro Exodus, you'd walk into these like bandit bases, and like somebody would be like lighting up a fire, and it's the only thing lighting the room, and it just looked like an oil painting. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. That is really cool. 
I wanted to mention also just briefly the um, the story, whether you don't like it. I thought I like it enough. I think it's I don't think it's like amazing, but I like enough to be engaged with it. Um, is skippable in every possible way if you don't if you don't like it. There's no forced slow walking behind NPCs that you can't skip. So I just want to like I I just want to highlight that because I think it's a really important quantity quality in the game. If you don't like the story, you don't have to have it be forced down your throat. So props on that. But there is there is a lot of it. We should say you, you'll be pressing there's that skip button a lot. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of story. Missing the beginning, it, it's not as heavy handed later, but the beginning, yeah. the first couple hours, it's yeah, chunky. Yeah, I do feel like like I am really liking the game. I I I would I think that that game kind of demonstrates where there's like there's a, there's only so much front loading you really need to do with the story and the controls to before you let someone go like particularly in an open world game like that and this game kind of front loads a lot and like kind of takes you through this long linear segment before you get to the open world and i just want to be like this is the cool thing is not how i like it you can you get to play and move within like the first minute yeah of the game it doesn't do the thing where you like start out like in a room talking to people and then they like oh come follow me let's go walk over to the camp I'll show you you need to like follow them slowly for look at my roof look at the ceiling yeah it doesn't it doesn't do that oh grab the ladder carry the ladder bring the ladder over here true climb the ladder I feel feel like you guys are talking about a very specific game one one very specific game (laughs) I I was thinking of Halo but uh, (laughs) well well, we got the ladder we got the ladder we got the ladder through the the camp we got I wonder what game I know what Kevin hates (laughs) <laughs> Follow the lady; she'll tell you where to go. <laughs> Ride in the car. No, I don't hate that game, but I, the game, the I intro felt oppressive to me in a way that I I had okay. never experienced anyway, before. Anyway, back, back to Dying so. Light Two. <laughs> I, uh, hey, it's a fine game. The sequel, we talked about it for like like a whole pod. Come on, uh, we, we love it. No hate at all. But um, yeah, Dying Light Two. The, the game we're talking very, about, uh, by the way, is uh, Max Payne Three. That's the one that we're talking about. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Max Payne 3, actually, I, I have some bones to pick with that game. But uh, no, he's yeah. talking about The Last of Us. No, oh, he's not. OG. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm trolling. But we should talk about Max Payne yeah. 3 because I think it's... Actually, let, let's talk about Max Payne 3 super fast because we're talking about unskippable cutscenes. Okay. I was going okay, into I was going into play Max Payne 3 being like, I want to shoot something. I'm playing it on backwards compatibility. And then the game just has this like two-minute long unskippable cutscene and Max Payne is just yeah. like popping pills, drinking vodka, getting trashed. And I'm like, this is not the game I thought I was going to play. Just an unskippable mm-hmm. cutscene of self self loathing. And it just, I just didn't want to play it after that. Anyway. Uh, my experience with that game just briefly is, is you play the game, watch a cutscene for, you know, a minute, couple minutes or whatever. And then you shoot 10 guys and then you watch another like five minute cutscene. <laughs> And then you like shoot like ten guys again. Like like the gameplay is very small bursts of gameplay. Yeah, and yeah. And, and like the cutscenes aren't fun. It's just like this guy being no. like, ah, oh, my wife downing vodka. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh Dude, my god. Rockstar <laughs> is just it's it, that game is like Rockstar's like indulgence taken to the max. It's exactly how they're I like, feel like what that's was the, Ma- that's the exact what did people like about Max Payne? It wasn't the shooting and the bullet time and Sam Lake's face. It was the characters in this dark gritty world and we're going to communicate that through long cutscenes and and let you, you shoot can't people skip. more cutscenes <laughs> you can't skip it yeah it's it's yeah yeah i i uh am not personally I couldn't play a it. fan i i do feel like that era is kind of behind us though which is good so 
you know, yeah. I think we're in a good place now. Now, now we're now, climbing now towers. You can, you can climb towers and skip those cutscenes if you're not feeling the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I should say, Dying Light 2 does have towers. Uh, <laughs> it does have towers. does have towers. Yeah. You have to parkour uh, up them. I actually like climbing the towers in this game. I, I was thinking, like, God, if I had to climb towers, I'm pissed. But, like, eh, this wasn't so bad, actually. It wasn't yeah. so bad. Yeah, it wasn't so bad. Uh, it, it's, it, it, I, I like the game a lot. Good combat. Oh. Really good parkour. Yeah. I wanted to mention, too, the stamina system. Uh, when you climb, you have a stamina system in this game, which is obviously taken from Breath of the Wild. And mm. uh, the reason I think that's worth oh. mentioning yeah, let's talk is about because that, actually. the climbing is tense and 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 as a mechanic it's like not just a means to of traversal it's like part of the gameplay like climbing can be scary and and intense and same with you get a glider layer in the game like a, like a hang glider it's the same thing it has stamina just like breath of the wild so climbing and, all, and doing all that stuff you know you got to be careful how you expend that resource um so it's it's fun i, I like it yeah cool. i i, th- I yeah. can see how that would be would really create interesting moments later in the game in the very beginning of the game, I was climbing up a ladder and I got to the third rung and fell off. And I was like, you know, I could climb that ladder. This guy's jumping like 10 feet in the air. It's it's like you start with too little because it's RPGified. So like you can only climb for like 10 seconds at the beginning of the game. Or maybe I was like fucking around and doing there it wrong. There is a story reason for it, but... Yeah, no, there know, is. But I was okay. just like, are you fucking kidding me? I can't nah, climb up I, the is. ladder? Like, it, it was like right... I've always I, thought... When you're playing a game, right? Like this on this on this note, you're playing a game and this guy like lived his whole life. And then when you take control of him, he has like level one boots. It's like, dude, you never found better boots your entire life. You only at this moment that I'm controlling you have like it's like oh. nobody ever took him to the Nike store. The you know only game that ever addressed this was God of War Two, when you start out all badass and then they take it from you in game. And I was like, that is awesome. I love that. That was such a cool way to like handle that problem. Yeah, that's gets powered yeah. down by the gods. It's kind of funny because uh, I'm gonna derail this conversation again. Have you got? Have you guys played the first Evil Within? Yes. Do you remember like when no. that game has like a stamina meter, and when you like run out of stamina when you're running, uh, Sebastian like just goes like, "Oh, I just gotta take yeah. a seven second breath while all these zombies are yeah. behind me." That's uh, just. You, you run like 10 feet and he's like oh and it's like dude what are you doing where's the fight or flight where's where is it but anyway but um there's no adrenaline but that's pretty funny i, yeah. I love it when like uh you play like a dying light to you play as a character who's has these amazing parkour abilities but when he's out of stamina it's just it's over he can't but he it, can't finish that next rung he can't dude he climbing. can't even hang on he can't even hang on to the rung yeah, which falls. which yeah. you will fall so which I, I think I see what Kevin's saying is that that is going to create moments where you really have to be thinking about what you're going to do. But I was just like the first time it happened, I was only like five feet up and I was and I just jumped up like a bunch of cliffs. And then I was like, what? But there is there is yeah. a story reason for that. So, it well, I just think of uh, if you compare it to like Assassin's Creed climbing where you just hold a and just yeah. like your character just goes over whatever you're doing and there's really no nothing going on really it's not not it, it looks cool you're basically really just like, walking up yeah you're walking up yeah it doesn't feel like very like that's this i think traversal is a gameplay that's overlooked in games and that's probably why death stranding is amazing yeah we're gonna talk about that um i know so i mentioned it anything else we want to say about dying light 2 i think it's a really cool game i really hope to play it in co-op with someone at some point um i'm still working through it i do think it's going to maybe take the back burner unfortunately to elden ring but not because it is a bad game at all just because elden ring is i've been waiting a long time to play that game it's a big hype game for me so elden ring comes out in exactly a week yeah from when we're recording this 
by the time you're hearing this, Elden Ring will be days, minutes away. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's coming out soon. Coming out soon. Also, Dying Light's getting a five-year, at least, five-year minimum support of development for uh, updates and expansions and all that. I think a lot of it will be free, so it's Hmm. definitely a game you'll get your money's worth if you like the game and the genre and the style. So, and I do so. Yeah. Also, it's it, it is like essentially an indie dev, and I think games yeah. like that that are like self-published games by people who are making ambitious, creative games, and they're making what they want to make, not to appease shareholders or games that we should. I I think you should reward your with your money if if you're if you like. Techland is good. Yeah. They've made good stuff for a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Crossfire X. Now, Orin, if you wanted to play Counter Strike. I'd play Counter-Strike with you, bro. I'd show you the ropes. I'd show you uh, crosshair placement. I'd, I'd show you, you know, Mirage, dude. I'd show you how to fucking all those spots on Mirage. You'd be using that fucking AWP like a pro, getting headshots, crouch jumping, all that. Did you say you crouch jumping? Yeah, crouch jumping. If you wanted to play... Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. How, how do you do that? You, you jump, and then you crouch. Oh my That's god! Crazy. Yeah. What a concept! Yeah, no, Orin, I love if, it. If you wanted to play Counter Strike, we could have done this together, man. You didn't have to go off on your own and play this this weird clone. What? Wait, before before we continue, what's a what's a Counter Strike? What what is what's that? All right, uh, I'm gonna disconnect Orin from this uh, Discord phone <laughs> well, What is it? I, I just, uh, what's a know, Valve? In, in our what's a uh, Valve? We went through this this list of games one time, and we, we tried changing the names to other things. And the name that I came up with Counter Strike was Counter Strike Global Offenses was Work Table Punch uh, Worldwide Onslaught. So Counter Strike Global Offensive, Work Table Punch Global Onslaught, Counter Strike Global Offensive. I think it works, right? <laughs> uh, work Table Punch. Uh, yeah, Work Table Punch. That's that's what I drink at work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I dig it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, tell us about the game, Warren. What is it? Uh, I mean, I actually know nothing about. I, it. I mean, I'm so distraught by uh, all of this uh, Counter Strike talk. Of it's this thing <laughs> I just never heard of before until now. And also, Jump Crouch you... is that is that how we got the name of the podcast through? Okay, I'm done. Half Life. I'm done. Okay, so Crossfire it was X. That or Space Control. So <laughs> so you know. so I hate to break it to you guys, Crossfire X. Uh, I am not here to talk about the multiplayer because I don't care. I played it. I played the multiplayer for five minutes and it sucked. It was just a bad Counter-Strike clone. I I hated it. I am here, however, because I, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was reading about what Remedy has been up to. My guys at Remedy, they they, they did Control. They did Alan Wake. And uh, apparently they did the campaign for Crossfire X as well. So I couldn't help but be interested. So I, I hear that, oh, half of the campaign's going to be available on Game Pass. So I'm sitting there. Half of it? Yeah, half of it. Not all of it. Just half weird, of it. Weird. So there's two camp- two like campaigns that are two parts of the story. And uh, ha- one of them was going to be on Game Pass. So I'm sitting there on the day it's coming out. I can't download it on Game Pass. I, I wait a second day, still not available on Game Pass. I wait a third day, still not available on Game Pass. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like looking at Twitter and they're just saying, oh, sorry, we can't seem to get the game on Game Pass. So already my impressions are just destroyed. I'm like, okay, 
I thought I was getting this game on Game Pass. Did not get it on Game Pass. So I so wait, Game Pass promised that it was going to release, um, and it did not. The Crossfire X Remedy and uh, Smilegate Games or whatever, they promised that half the campaign on Game Pass on launch day, and it but just didn't... it just never came out. I think it eventually came out, but what ended up happening is I bought I just bought the campaign. I bought both of them because they were both like nine dollars. So, okay. So, so yeah. That's my journey with Crossfire X. Is I just wasn't able to so access. You haven't played it. Well, I well I played it, and I'll get into that. <laughs> but in terms of just the okay. purchasing journey, oh man, I just never was able to you know get it on game. It started Pass. off bad. It started off bad. Also, there's a huge discourse about this game on Twitter. Everybody seems to hate it. It has a 41 on Metacritic, mm-hmm. and despite Gosh. all that, I played through both campaigns. And it turns out mm-hmm. that Crossfire X is my favorite 41 Metacritic game I've ever played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's I'm not saying it's necessarily good or great, but if you just like shooting stuff in slow motion with particles flying, particle effects flying everywhere, Crossfire I X like is, is that game. So I, I enjoyed it. It's not at all um one of remedy's best works it definitely has like this contract for higher uh energy or just you mm. know con- contracted to just do this campaign but I had, a, I had a pretty good time um hmm. despite everything um but apparently it's a two out of ten game so i have finally discovered a two out of ten game that i can get behind so two out of ten is that what it got I at guess ign like, well two out of ten was ign Four out of forty-one on Metacritic. So, so I don't know anything about the game other than it's a modernist shooter. But like, what what is the? I mean, I don't need to know the whole controversy. But what's what's the like the the short dislikes? And then like, what is the gameplay like? Like, what's the like? What do people not like it for? Is it buggy, or they just think it's not good? Well, right off the top, I mean, just the fact that the campaign wasn't available on Game Pass at launch and that confused a lot of people and then secondly the multiplayer just being off-brand counter-strike like those are two strikes right there is it bad though uh i mean like that i'm not gonna play it i'm not interested in that i played it for like two rounds and i realized it wasn't for me maybe you guys will like it because you like counter-strike but um i don't like counter-strike actually so there you go there you go (laughs) kevin notorious counter-strike hater aaron notorious counter-strike lover well, yeah, I'm a notorious go. remedy lover, and as yeah. somebody who really loves Black by Criterion Games when I was growing up, and someone who really loved the loved the early Max Payne games, um, this mm. game tickled that part of my brain. Of or or fear, fear is another game mm. that it's very evocative. Yeah, so like yeah. Fear? yeah. that's what I was going to ask about when you said slow motion and particle yeah, effects. Yeah, me too. Like, that's exactly what I thought fear? of. It's so yeah. it's such like. It aims so low, but it hits its marks, you know? Like, it's not hmm. at all trying to be this amazing game, but it's... Is it competent, though? Like, technically? I think so. I was... Okay. I had so much fun with this. Each campaign's, like, three to four hours long, and I had so much fun playing it. Like, it just... The gun, the guns feel good. The slow-mo feels good. The particles are amazing. When you get a headshot in slow motion, you see this giant glob of blood shoot out the back of their head and it's just like the, sounds good so the far. game doesn't 
try to achieve a whole lot, but it it's it feels like a Max Payne game in first person. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy it, enjoyed it. I actually still kind of pop in to replay levels every now and then because I just enjoy like the slow-mo, but I don't know. I think, Kevin, it might be a game for you. It's, um, and, and you too, Aaron, if you just like slow motion shooting, it's it's fun. Hmm. It's prob- It's the best four out of 10 game I've ever played. What would you give it, really? Let's say you worked for IGN, you had to write the review, and you get, you have to assign a 1 through 10 score. What does Oren assign this game? I give it a 7 out of 10, like, honestly. Right, so, cause it's, uh, so IGN's full of shit, huh? I'll, Paid off by Sony or Microsoft? Which one? I don't know. <laughs> Paid off by Nintendo, apparently. From what, okay. I don't know. But uh, here, here's, yeah, here's my thing with the game. Um, it's made by Remedy. Remedy did the story. Remedy did the gameplay. And I think the reason why I give it a 7 out of 10 is that I keep thinking, having played, having played Alan Wake, having played Control, that like the story was going to get more interesting as you're playing it. And like there are so many moments that kind of allude that it's going to get more interesting than just like a Call of Duty campaign. But it never does mm-hmm. anything with the concepts. So it kind mm. of gives the impression of Remedy doing this like fun little campaign but not really committing to it they're just kind of doing it as contract work but there are like why would they do that i don't know like there are like moments where there's where you can see like kind of cracks in the uh on the surface of like a more interesting game and it's frustrating because those cracks are definitely there and they just never truly commit to doing anything beyond that and it's a little frustrating but i don't know Hmm. I have uh, the review up, and I just found they have a survey on here, which I think is actually a pretty interesting list of questions that they asked. They say, what's the biggest sin an FPS campaign can commit? Bad story or characters, terrible AI, no original ideas, or sloppy gunplay? And Bad the unanimous and answer is sloppy gunplay. Oh, okay, good. I thought you were going to say it's going to be bad story. I was going to be like, wow. <laughs> so, so... So uh, it's a frustratingly bad story, but that sloppy mm-hmm. gunplay, that's it, the gunplay just, they got the gunplay right. And that's what matters, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Huh. Yeah, me too. I had a good time. I'll try it. I kind of I want to see if it's as bad just as, if, as everyone says now. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just curious. This is the first positive review of Crossfire X on the yeah, internet. Yeah, and you like it, so... So I want to, I also now, you know, you got endorsements. You, sh- you should so make I- a video like, like singing its praises. Like, not like, you know, obviously saying 10 out of 10 gave it the year, but it'd be like, here's how people got this wrong. Uh, or, or even here's what I like about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like, look, look what the virtues actually are of this game. Maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do that one time because it's literally, there's literally no one, no one's talking about it like at all. Like the only people who have talked about it are IGN and maybe like game ranks, but no one's talking about it in a positive light. And I actually yeah. think it's surprisingly good. I mean, it's uh, in some ways, here's my hot take. This is my steaming hot take that I'm delivering to y'all. I think the gameplay is maybe better than Alan Wake's gameplay. I know that's, that's kind of controversial, but I don't mm. think it is. 
I think uh, that's an easy win. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> I it's more fun. It's just fun to shoot guys. And it's it's fun to shoot guys in slow motion and it feels good with powerful guns. Hmm. hmm. I I can believe it. I think Alan Wake's strength is not the gameplay. No. Storytelling. Storytelling and the characters Alan Wake are great. And the setting. Hashtag not a great shooter. <laughs> According to our your poll. Yeah. This, or the survey mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. really have much to um, say beyond, like about uh, Crossfire X before, um, other than it just feels good to shoot stuff, and there are little inklings of remedy greatness in there that aren't quite brought to fruition, but it's definitely not as just, bad as the hype. Yeah, I wonder why they would do that, though, because it is really kind of like remedy is sort of moving towards being like a little bit of a premium brand studio, and for a a studio i mean they're not quite there yet because they've had some kind of misses for sure but to to put out a game that they clearly didn't put their their best effort into is a little which would you agree that this is not their best effort well it, i guess my analogy would be if hideo kojima just did like a shooter on the side but didn't devote his whole energy to it. He was just kind of, he's kind of like, it's like he has his masterpiece oil painting on his left. Mm -hmm. And then he's just kind of doodling like on a napkin. That's the napkin doodle. Like that's what Crossfire X is. Why would they publish that? Like, do they need the money? I don't, I should have researched the story, but it's kind of interesting because it almost seems like Remedy wants to kind of bury it because Remedy has been tweeting so much about Alan Wake 2, Alan Wake 2, Alan Wake 2, okay. which is a game that's not going to come out for like two more years. And then this game yeah. comes out and I think they retweet like one thing from the Crossfire X account being like single player made by Remedy. And that was the only tweet that <laughs> from that social media account. So it's almost like Remedy doesn't want you to know about it, but which is kind okay. of a shame because so- I think it's kind of fun. I don't know. Let's put on our, our tinfoil speculation caps for just a moment and, and, and speculate to what might have happened based on literally nothing but our own idiotic opinions. Uh, perhaps they, they uh, were working on this and they had really interesting ideas and ambitions and whoever the partner is, I don't know who makes Crossfire. Smilegate. Like Milegate? Is that it's like a Chinese Smile company Gate. or something? Or, or Korean? Korean I'm going to assume there was some conflict of interest and Remedy was not able to give their full uh, attention. I don't know. That's my that's my tinfoil speculation. Well, well but, it's uh, you know what? Let's actually let's just do a little research pro- project for a second. So you know what else Smilegate has made? Lost Ark. Smilegate RPG made it. Lost Ark? The... Yeah. Oh! Holy shit. Lost Ark, which, I, like, we could talk about that. Lost Ark... Maybe you should talk about that, Kev. Uh, is is a MMO that has now the second highest concurrent players ever on Steam. There's Impressive. right at this moment uh, over a million people playing the game. Right now. Yeah. Uh, so wait, that's the same company? Smilegate published it, that game, and then the developer of that is Smilegate RPG. So... Maybe different dev team, but a different same studio, same same overarching you know, company. I don't know. It wasn't until I googled Lost Ark that it occurred to me that the Lost Ark could refer to the Ark of the Covenant from the Bible and the uh, Indiana Jones film. Oh, 
Did did this occur to you guys, or am I just a total moron? Uh, you're, I didn't I, think about I, it. I, I, I mean, it's a, it. it's a fantasy game. Yeah. I wouldn't think of it as have taking place in some Abrahamic religion world. Maybe. Yeah. But that's not what I got from playing the game either. No. Okay. Weird. When I started, they were like, you know, the order of chaos have risen again. We need a hero to defeat them. It was like, okay, gotcha. So, so I know we're talking about Lost Ark, but I'm reading a little bit about Crossfire X. Remedy has been working on the single player portion since 2016. Hmm. Which is wild to me, um, because it because it, it feels like the game the game is like six seven hours long. So it's just kind of wild yeah. to me that. Um, but yeah, there, there's like shockingly no information about what happened. But like, if my conspiracy hat would be that they, yeah, there was a conflict of interest, probably, or they just kind of saw it as a contract right. for a higher job, and they were like, "We're just going to do this thing." This is like I uh, don't know why they would do that though. Why would they contract a game out? Why would Ben Affleck be in a commercial for NFTs? Why? What? Yeah. Wait, wait. Are you talking about you know like Ben I mean? Affleck or Matt Damon? Not Ben Affleck. Matt Damon. Wrong one. Yeah, the same person. Yeah, the other really one. Yeah, the other one. The, the buddies. <laughs> uh, I, you yeah. know, it, it, or like, why is uh, you know, why do famous actors sometimes do like really shoddy movies? Uh, yeah, I guess it's it's just one of those weird Nick things. Nick Cage. Like Nick Cage. Yeah. Like Nick Cage <laughs> being in like movies, there he literally is just trying to pay off his ex-wife or something. Uh, weird. This is a strange story, Oren. Now I kind of want to try it. Is it is a strange though. story. I, it doesn't add up to me. It, it's it's also weird. It's just, uh, I mean, I'm just doing a Google so, search of Crossfire X, and it's just, uh, it's so underreported, and a lot of the reports are, oh, by the way, Remedy did the campaign. <laughs> it's, it's just so, so weird. So tell me this. Is the story and setting just modern military tactical vibe? Yeah, but there's like moment like again. I, I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but there are moments that are so obviously remedy, like there, and th- where you're like, oh, there's gonna be a better game here. Like for example, in the first campaign, there are moments where your character's going through dream sequences, and the dream sequences are totally out of control. Like they're just control, literally. Like they have mm. the superimposition, like uh, projection screen of real life actors, and everything's really mm. surreal. And there's voiceover, like Max Payne. Oh, interesting. So there's moments where you're like, "This is a remedy game," but then they don't okay. really commit to it for the rest of the campaign. So it kind of just has this weird, undercooked, unfinished feeling. Um, yeah, which is so weird. Like I don't know what happened. Did they just kind of? realize that they didn't want to like devote all their resources to it i don't you think they just did the the, the cutscenes? no i think they did all of like the whole single player campaign feels like a remedy Remedy. game just not like yeah but like as i said like while they're doing the oil painting of alan wake 2 they're doing the little napkin doodle on the side and that's what that feels like yeah so Hmm. but with that said, I had a lot of fun with it. It's like, uh, again, it's my, I said it's my favorite four out of 10 game I've ever played, but I'll say it's my favorite. I'll say it's my, you know, I'll, you know, I'm going to settle with, it's my favorite six out of 10 game I've ever, I've ever played. Cause it's like, it doesn't feel like a good game, but it's fun. Yeah. And I like the gameplay. So that's where I'm at. All right. It sounds cool. People should check that out. You said it was nine dollars, right? Yeah, both campaigns in total are, is, uh, amounts to like eighteen bucks. 
All right. Uh, is one campaign better than the other? If someone was like, I want to be lean, I just want to pick up one of those campaigns to see some particle effects and slow-mo shooting. Well, the one that's apparently on Game Pass, I don't know. I haven't checked if it's on oh. Game Pass. That's the one Let's that's the on better one. Recently added. Uh, I see nothing of the sort. Although, holy shit, Warhammer 3 is on Game Pass. Uh, Total Warhammer. Total War. Warhammer 3. Nice. That Total that Warhammer 3 is on Game Pass. It's not Total Warhammer. That's fucking awesome. I'm downloading that right now. Uh, bad bad company two is on Game Pass. That's uh, I don't think that's gonna do much for its longevity, but that's <laughs> awesome. Kevin, I'm reading a title from Rock Paper Shotgun that says Lost Ark is the MMO equivalent of Gray Carpet. Uh, gray below carpet? that, I don't think it's for me. I, I understand yeah. that you had a similar experience. Yeah, Such a weird analogy. Um, it's a weird analogy. I'm kind of like, what? Uh, I played Lost Ark. I mean, it's and, boring. Um, it's he's saying it's oh, okay. boring. Yeah, okay. but like if yeah. you're gonna do that, like say something like it's the equivalent of a of a bologna sandwich, you know, like gray carpet. Yeah. yeah, but what if what if then that conjures to mind a mortadella sandwich from like a good Italian deli? Like gray carpet conjures to mind like you know going to church as a little kid and uh, like gum like matted into my elementary school carpet. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, uh, yes, I don't know. Uh, you're, you're you're more creative with great carpet than I am. I guess I just I wasn't sure what I thought of. I just was like, what? But uh, uh, yeah, on the I did play the game. I played it for about um, about four hours with my girlfriend. I, I rolled a couple different characters. The uh, thing that I think the game does really well, and I probably why people like it so much, is the combat is does feel good. It's like Diablo three combat with hit stun added. So like it's kind of like if. Diablo 3 and Dynasty Warriors had a baby. That's kind of what it feels like. Hmm. Um, so I think if 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 you were a fan of Diablo, I could think this game would be right up your alley. Like, probably would be the ultimate, maybe. Maybe it's even better than Diablo. I don't know. I'm not... I'm not, it's not Diablo's not my jam, so I, I, I'm not sure. But the thing that I can say, like... Here's, like, an example. Like, um, if you've played, I don't know, any sort of action RPG or even WoW or something, you go up to enemies... You hit them and then they don't really react. They just, right? They attack you back, right? This game has hit stun, so they go, ooh, they all feel, you can knock them all back and you can see yourself cleaving through everyone and it has a kind of gory jib and stuff. So the combat has this kind of very like reactive feeling, mm. more like an action game would, which is cool about it, which um, Diablo does not have. So I think that's like the big change, at least in my opinion. Um, the combat uh, looks really good. The, the, the graphics are all fancy, fidelity, and all that stuff. I do feel like. Um, I just am not, that's not my style game. Um, I, I find it to be, I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm spending a lot of time, folks, the, the gameplay style is you focus more on like getting big numbers and, and, and stuff than f having like really engaging like fights between smart enemies. Yeah. Um, maybe this game does have that. I haven't played enough of it to, to, to see. I played about five hours with a couple dungeons and stuff, but I, I don't know. It seemed cool. I can see why people why people are fans of it, um, but ultimately not probably my jam. So yeah, uh, I understand it has a lot of like the sort of like traditional Korean grindiness where they introduce a lot of uh, friction to your progression and then offer mm -hmm. you paid alternatives to get rid of that friction. I should mention it reminded me a lot of, of Vindictus, which yeah. had like this very free to play 
style of like you log in, you get a reward. You do this, you get a reward. There's like all these different currencies mm. and stuff in your mail, and you have to like click all these different sub menus. You kind of have phone games are like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it's, it's it felt like that, which um, can feel a little abusive sometimes in games. It feels like if they're monetizing me a little too hard. I'm not not as into that. So that was yeah. definitely a turn off. Uh, it definitely looks like a fake game just looking at screenshots of it like it looks like some sort of mobile game that you just see mm. like a commercial of at the game yeah. awards yeah <laughs> or um, the super bowl i, I do think yeah. the fidelity of the game is pretty pretty good it looked okay. pretty nice it ran pretty nice the particle effects are a bit spammy but they they felt like they had more utility than say diablo which felt very sparkle confetti show mm-hmm. so i like that about it but it's like maybe if I had four people and we were playing it and we were we were playing it in like a hard dungeon, like I could have fun with it, like potentially. Like I don't want to say like I would never ever play it again, but I didn't like love it. Yeah. That's how I feel. You didn't crack out the way a million people are right at this very moment. Yeah, Literally very impressive. I've noticed a lot of my like people I hadn't <clears throat> talked to in a long time are messaging me when I was playing, like, Hey, you wanna play? And I was like, Wow, I don't even know you are alive. I haven't talked to you on Steam for like five years. So Yeah. Hey. Sure, yeah, I'll play it with you. What causes that kind of virality? I don't, I don't really understand why some games, especially games that come out of nowhere, right? Like, Lost what's Ark? it called? Was like that too. Um, the sheer game by uh, by people can fly. Um, Outriders. Outriders. Outriders came out and had a huge, you know, it was they had kind of a backlash too, but it seemed like it was a big hype for a small period of time. It hmm. seems like um, there's a large crowd of. I'm not sure if it's just PC gamers, but definitely PC gamers who are looking for the next kind of grind game they can mm. just kind of put sink their teeth into and play. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they're hoping Outriders was, and and this game too. I think I think it's kind of partly the same crowd. I, th- I think it, huh. I think it's interesting that games that have heavy role playing elements or games that have heavy storytelling elements don't tend to, you know, catch fire like that. Uh, just from my yeah. perspective, it's really just the grindy seeing numbers go up game and that's totally what outriders was outriders was so so much like that you are so hitting something that i was just thinking about like that is like it right there you that's like it i i was talking with Aaron about this yesterday but i do feel like um a lot of games today rpg games have been really stripped not stripped out completely but they've reduced the rpg stuff down in favor of more itemization it's more about your gear progression than it is about how your character plays it seems like they are not that that stuff's not it's not present at all but i do feel like the rpgs aren't as like in in depth maybe to even a fault like some maybe old rpgs may have been too had too many things going on they're overly overly stuff but i do feel like they've kind of cut a lot of that out for more the the bars raising the higher numbers all of it like the gear progression the higher like that does really feel like that's the way rpgs have gone which is unfortunate to me because like while that genre is fine there's other stuff i like to play in that in in the genre that i do feel like is kind of getting reduced and i think that's partly why world of warcraft classic was so popular because it was kind of going back to that that older style simpler slower less less obviously a slot machine yeah that's what that's what i'm saying it's like after i played outriders i played outriders for i don't know like 25 to 30 hours and after those 30 hours I felt kind of gross because I felt like the whole time I was just chasing numbers and better guns and there was no substance to any of it. And there's a place for that. But at the same time, 
it starts to feel like so Destiny, substanceless right? after a while. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Sure. All right. Well, Lost Ark. Uh, it is free to play, so check it out if you if you definitely wanna, try it. Yeah. If if it sounds interesting to you. Uh, quickly, I will talk about Death Stranding, which I've I've finally been able to dig into. Kevin has been saying, Aaron. <laughs> play Death Stranding. This is a game that I think you will like. And Kevin was right. This is a game that I like. Because this is a game, an open world game, where the world is hostile. Fast travel is is rare. You have to walk. You have to go spend time traversing the landscape, which is basically the thing I like doing in an open world game, almost more than anything else. Um, It's got stealth. We know I like stealth. Uh, Mm -hmm. It has maybe a little too many cutscenes, but because it's such a strange like story and presentation and it's like it's i really feel like i'm watching a movie in the 1980s as a little kid that i don't understand because i'm five <laughs> years old you know what i mean like a weird sci-fi <laughs> yeah. movie that i just don't understand because i don't have the mental ability to, con- to conceptualize what's going on um mm-hmm. and i kind of like that uh so no i really like this game a lot it's it is it's good. I'm glad that you finally got to sink your teeth into it and experience it. There's no game like it, right? Like, it's I, a unique game. So that's that's what I want to bring up. When that game came out, it got some really negative responses. It did. And I it know. kind of, like, says... And, like, from people that I respect, too, who, like, should have been able to see that, like, okay, this game isn't a game for me, but I can see that this game is doing something, it's trying to do something, and it's it's achieving its own... on its own terms, like... It's weird to me that that game got such like negative hype when it came out. Or at least that's that's my recollection. I don't know. No, it, think? it did. I, 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 I remember playing it, and people kept asking, like, why are you playing that? Don't you just like walk? Right. And I was like, well, sure. Yeah, that's one thing you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's like saying, why do you play that shooter game? Aren't you just shooting that game? It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the reductive criticism, criticism of a game. This is a game where you just do X when people just describe the mechanics as though that is the criticism of the game is uh it's gotta go yeah i agree yeah i i think uh i think yeah i think it's one of those games that people you know didn't really know how to talk about it at the time uh, myself included um and i think i think a lot of game journalists had knee-jerk reactions to it um but it's kind of funny because when the game's director's cut came out came out a lot of those same journalists retracted their opinions and now they're saying it's actually good. So it's interesting yeah. to see how the culture has evolved where yeah. people love that game now. It's like literally an example of a game that was like ahead of its time in, in such a way that yeah. it like had like a negative reaction when it came out. And now people are like, ah, oh, I see what it was doing and I appreciate it. Like Dan Reichert, who I love, uh, who does the uh, Firescape podcast, formerly Giant Bomb, hated that game. I think he even like told Kojima that he didn't like the game. Like, he didn't, like, come out and say, I hate your game, but, like, Kojima asked him what he thought, and he was like, yeah, it's a game. Like, he couldn't even tell him that he, that he like, liked it because he was really didn't like that game. Um, but then it was one of his games of the year last year because he played the director's cut, and, like, he came around on it so hard. It's like, there's been a lot of that. It's weird. It's like, it's like they didn't spend the time to play it or they didn't get it. And they were like offended by its existence because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be, uh, which is a weird response. Um, it's just weird to like—I don't know—it's weird to ha- to have some to have such a negative response because it didn't feel like 
there's anything about that game that's like offensive. It's not like like it doesn't deserve hate. I don't know. It didn't. I mean, I think it's my favorite game of last gen. Obviously, I love the game, but I, it just it felt like a weird game to hate on because it's just not doing anything that's like. It's, I guess it's just not an action game. Mm-hmm. And people thought it was gonna be an action game. And it's not that. Yeah. But that's kind of the beauty of it. <laughs> I could see why people would not like it. Like why it would not be why it'd be a game that a lot of people wouldn't want to play. But I guess it's yeah. like when you're talking about video games, you should hopefully, and you know, I'm sure I'm very guilty of not doing this, but like try to see like what is the game trying to do and then like evaluate on whether or not it's, it's actually accomplishing its own goals. I, I guess you could talk sure. about whether its goals make sense. But like, I just feel like there was like a lack of charity to this game that doesn't, because I'm playing it now and I'm like, I don't hate this game at all. And I, I don't, I could see why someone wouldn't want to play it, but I'm just like shocked that it had such strong reactions. I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny that you bring up that point of judging the game on what it's trying to accomplish because as reading uh, a, a review by Matt Zoller Zeitz at um, RogerEbert.com and he did a review of Jackass Forever and he gave it a four, four star review, four out of four stars and he said, you guys you might judge what I'm saying about rating a Jackass movie four out of four stars, but at the end of the day it knows what it's trying to do it accomplishes it so it's the mm-hmm. best version of what that movie's trying to accomplish. And I, I mm-hmm. think sometimes we have to judge the game on, okay, it's not my idea of what a Kojima game is, but what is it trying to accomplish? And let's judge it by that metric. Yeah. I think this I think this game could be a good uh, uh, long jump candidate. If you guys are into that, I don't know if you are, but I think there's a lot that you could talk about in that game. And specifically the point of it, of it being a Kojima game, it isn't like mm-hmm. I think that's a, there's a lot to talk about. That you could unpack a lot of that if you had spoilers what? available. What is a Kojima game? Yeah, like uh, yeah. different people seem to have very strong opinions on on that. He's uh, kind of like a I guess he's he's like a, a Lynchian kind of person. It's like he's got his own thing. Like he mm-hmm. makes his own Kojima game is a Kojima game, right? Can anyone else pick a Kojima game? I don't think so. What was Metal Gear Survive? Hell no. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the real question is, can love bloom on the battlefield? <laughs> yes, I saw it happen with Otacon and Sniper Wolf. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was actually a really—I uh, uh, don't know if you guys saw this—but Hideo Kojima had a really cool tweet where he was saying, "Like, um, people laughed at me when I said I was going to make a shooting game that's also anti-nuclear war." And uh, oh yeah, you posted that. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, let's see where we are now. It's just kind of—it's just kind of interesting that his heart has always been kind of set on these concepts, but a lot of people have mm. written him off. It's just doing kind of like these dumb B movie like shoot violent video games. But like the core of what he's trying to communicate is actually like pretty pure and pretty humanitarian. So I don't know. It's—it's it's interesting seeing the ever-evolving discourse on Hideo Kojima. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's someone that uh, is definitely not understood. Whenever I see him talk, he seems very eloquent when he's talking about stuff. Like he understands things very well from a big picture that I don't do well always. That he he has got he just has a good understanding of that stuff. I, mean, I still think of like I also think he's probably used to this, right? <clears throat> he said like when he, when he pitched the original Metal Gear, that Konami was like, no one's gonna want to play a game where you sneak around. That's not mm-hmm. gonna ever sell well. That would not be a genre that everyone wants to play. And obviously that was, right? So. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I was kind of thinking of, thinking about Hideo Kojima games, all of his characters have such, like, rich internal life and, like, emotions and 
existential questions. Like they're all soldiers in like a clone conflict um, run by like corporations, private military, like all of this stuff. And all of the characters are like navigating that in their own ways. And I feel like a lot of people just forget about that part of the game. Like, I don't know his mood, his games, he's onto something emotionally. He's in tune with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, and I also just like, uh, Metal Gear Solid five was such a like beautiful, like celebration of the series, the fandom and like a send off, like the way they ended it was so perfectly done. I was like, Oh, this, even though he couldn't even talk, be in the same room as the developers for that game, yeah. they still managed to pull that off. Hmm. Like, I agree with you on that, on, on that, on that stuff. I feel like he really has th- that, that, that level down. I, I, I was just watching this interview speaking of David Lynch with talking about Mulholland Drive and he was saying that he can't describe the movie with words because movies aren't made with words. Yes. And I was like, this, that concept, like he describes, because people, people always be like, well, why do you like this music? Why do you like this heavy metal music? It's so loud and noisy. And I'm like, well, I can try and quantify with you. Like, well, it's this or this or this. It's really hard to describe that feeling that I get from listening to this music because mm. it's, she's, she's right. It's words don't work. You can't describe it with words. Like you're trying to describe an abstract thing that doesn't have words with words. So, I think it's kind of the same thing here. Yeah. If he wanted to write a book, he'd write a book, right? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> mm. hmm. So, yeah, Death Stranding. Uh, not a game for everyone, but definitely a game for me and, and, and I think uh, a pretty good experience. I'm really enjoying it. Playing it on the PS5, with uh, it's the director's cut. Looks good. Uh, it uses the, uh, the uh, controller to have feedback so that when you're climbing up those hills, it kind of, you have to like put more or less pressure on the different triggers to sort of balance yourself, which is, uh, is a good use of that controller. So I like it. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, Oren, they're putting a lot of shit on Netflix and a lot of that shit is IP from video games made into television shows, movies, uh, who knows what else, right? We had a Castlevania show, which was pretty fucking good. We had a Resident Evil movie, which was apparently very bad. Uh, there's an Uncharted movie that's that's really not doing well on Metacritic right now. And there's a Last of Us series coming to HBO, which I think is probably going to be at least well-received, if if not pretty good. Uh, what do you guys think about this, this sort of multimedia, cross-media IP nonsense that's happening? That, that's a that's a loaded that, framing, I, Aaron. <laughs> can I give the quick thoughts? Because I think Oren will probably have much something much better and smarter to say and informed on this than I will. I, mean, I don't know. Can I just say the one thing I think is is <laughs> well, I feel like this is more at least your guys is like world. You, you know, Oren, you studied film. Aaron did two two degrees. So I am like, you know, I don't I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. But in terms of at least one thing, I think that is worth noting, and that's, I just think interesting contextually is I just remember thinking like I think of Roger Ebert. Rest in peace, Roger Ebert. You know, you're the man. But he was saying video games famously will never be art, all that stuff. And a lot of that was a common critique of games in the 2000s of like, oh, this is art. You guys will never be close to movies. And now, what, what's going on? Movies are making stuff after game stories. So what, what happened there? <laughs> I just think that that's a funny point. Um, whether it's true or not is another question that I, I can't answer. But I think it's definitely just interesting to see that games have hit that point where now we're getting stuff based after their stories like whoa it's gotten that level so yeah yeah i think it's cool but it's 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 also 
I think I think my two cents on this whole thing is that we we, we should tr- I feel like we need to treat each medium as its own thing and it doesn't translate as well as we think it does and I think a lot of it is kind of hidden behind culture like oh video games have now risen to the level of cinema you know <laughs> but at the mm-hmm. same time the like, high art at the same time that's not I feel like functionally they're so different I mean like the last of us for example this is like my favorite example part of what makes the last of us so good is that you're doing the evil shit and the game is making you do the evil shit you know like you're you're literally in the last of us part two you're with ellie you're with abby doing the most vile stuff and the fact that the game kind of has you do that stuff is what makes it so fascinating if you put that into a movie you lose all of that so what's the point it just becomes the walking dead you know and (laughs) so so that's my opinion of it the mediums are too different i agree and just kind of logically being like oh let's take naughty dog but movies it's like that you just lose everything special about it automatically what do you think aaron Hmm. well i know what you think but tell us anyway uh well i don't know i think part of me thinks this is crazy but part of me thinks that roger ebert wasn't right but he was he was he was right for his time like video games are art but they're also much more of a product than cinema you know what i mean like they're that's not true of all video games but like many 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 video games are just mass-produced products right like like almost there's very little like um i don't know authorial intent put into them um but like that's slowly changing uh, I guess I'm getting off topic. Like, let's well, talk about. Well, well like, let me let me just break it down really quickly. Like, cinema is a passive media medium. You know, mm-hmm. you you watch, you consume, you think about it. Video games is an active medium. You play them, and that right. right there, like to me, it doesn't translate as much as we think. And I think in terms of what is more of a product, like I think it's kind of negligible. It's kind of a moot point mm-hmm. because I mean, Marvel. Disney, those are products. Yeah, totally, so, totally. But those are yeah. not cinema, right? Come on, what, what did our man say? What did that old that man say? Those are those are not so, cinema. So, so you're saying should we um, di- differentiate? We should call like video games that are products video games. Well, we'll call art video games like ludology or ludo, ludo narratives no, or something. I, I like, think that that's that's uh, it's getting into that kind of internet categorization that that uh, led to the Holocaust. Um, let's, you know, like, the one thing I just want to quickly, just quickly say, <laughs> say I, even though, even though I may, Marvel may not be for me. That's yeah. fine. I I think Scorsese is definitely doing some of the like, oh, this is higher than this with creative expression, which I think is just a no no. So like, even though like he's 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 like saying this about something that. I, you know, it's not I, I'm not into or not. Like I think it's still kinda like, eh, I don't know. Like it's a little bit of an old man being like, Well my man It is, yeah. The Beatles are way better than Metallica. And it, or Metallica it's like the guys. prog it's like the progressive rock guy, like, oh that you know, this is the this is the art, you know, yeah, you guys yeah. playing no, your it's, pop it's music or punk or whatever. Making yeah. objective statements about subjective yeah. entertainment. Uh I guess more to the point at at hand. Um part of what I'm saying this is, is that like Film has been around almost 100 years longer than video games. So it's had a lot more time to mature and learn how to 
use its medium as a artistic device in a way that video games are just starting to do in really interesting ways. Um, but making the translation, like I think there's two, two outcomes here. You have a video game movie or TV show that is literally just aping the characters or plot or setting of a show or of a game. And it and this ends up as a bad product, like I think this Uncharted movie probably did. And then you have somebody has this really interesting idea and they see a video game IP that's kind of like fertile for creativity, like Castlevania, and they make a show that doesn't have that much to do with the actual games, but it's like a really interesting show and sort of develops out of that IP, but kind of becomes its own thing. And that works. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think... I just kind of wish Hollywood producers didn't just look at video games as like, I guess if you look at it in terms of, Oh, we can use this IP as a foundation for something like you're saying, Aaron, that's fine. But I think it's kind of a fallacy as with the uncharted movie to be like, Oh, mm. let's just take the game, but make it a movie, which is a fallacy. Cause literally the whole point of the game was what if Indiana Jones was playable? Right. So it's like yeah. now you're just making a shitty Indiana Jones movie. It's like, what's the point? Yes. Which, uh... So um, my question is, um, having not seen the Castlevania show, and, 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 and I believe what you said is to be true, how was it being a video game? How was the, did that empower the show? So it's definitely still like an IP cash grab, right? It's like a way yeah. to to raise the, the the like visibility of the the product. Like like there's no reason that show had to be a Castlevania show. It may have been better had right. it not been, but it got made because it was a Castlevania show. So this is the problem that I ultimately am constantly grappling with with these movie tie-in show tie-ins is what is the strength other than you're just trying to reach a fan base? of making a video game into a movie. Like yeah, what can, what, what can nothing, you add? Nothing. nothing. I mean, you can add, you can add stuff to it, but like the whole, whole it's entirely motivated by, yeah, cash grab dollars. So I, I can't not feel cynical about this, even though I have, I don't, I, I don't feel strongly about it really, but like my, I can't not see it with a cynical approach of just seeing it as, as a monetary thing. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, okay. Let's, let's put on our, our charitable, our charitable yeah, okay. aprons and get in Help the kitchen and cook up uh, some charity pie. Uh, what could we do? Right. <laughs> we're, we're doing, we're talking about this because Netflix is making a Bioshock movie, right? Right. Bioshock, a game. Love Bioshock. Known for, for implicating the character in the actions of the narrative. Like that's, that is the plot yes. twist of Bioshock. Yes. So, Spoilers. right. So this is what Oren was talking about <laughs> earlier with the last of us. Okay. I, I, not really, but yes, yes. Thematic spoilers. Um, what is a v- movie going to bring to the table? Well, if I, if I put on my charity apron and I make some charity pie, it's going to give us a cool way to explore the world and the backstories. Maybe, maybe one of those audio logs that was particularly juicy gets fleshed out in a way that's, that's satisfying. I don't know. That's like the best case scenario I could see. And I don't actually think that's going to So how happen. about this? How about well, this? I, well, here, here, I, here's, hold on. I want to hear Aaron's second scenario. What, what's okay. the second one, Aaron? Okay. Second scenario. No, the second scenario is just bad, which is what it's going to be. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, how about this? How about this? Here, here, here's a terrible take. Uh, this will allow people to enjoy the beauty and horror of Rapture who would never have played the video game. 
How about that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to be charitable here. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I know you Charity guys are pie. trying to be charitable. I guess like a good, a, okay, like a good Bioshock movie that I would want to see is one about Andrew Ryan being like this ins- insane libertarian objectivist creating this world and it all goes to shit. And it's like a there will be blood, but with Andrew Ryan. Like I would, I would watch that. I think that could be great. But like, like how they built Rapture. Exactly. But if if you did yeah. like literally a remake of the video game, that's not Bioshock. Like you have to play Bioshock for it to be Bioshock. So if they did a remake Agreed. of Bioshock, it just would be super underwhelming. And wouldn't the themes of would you kindly as player agency in video games be completely lost? Be completely lost. In the, in, <laughs> as a movie yeah so it wouldn't work. so armin shimmerman the actor for andrew ryan is apparently according to himself a curator of shakespearean material in some prestigious level i'm not sure what this is you can look this up if you're questioning but I, he says bioshock's writing is at shakespeare level as someone who is a curator of shakespearean get the, material get the fuck what, out what of here what does that even mean to say it's like at like i don't it know it has a three act i just think it's a funny monologue i think it's a it's, funny quote i just think it's a it's just it's such a good quote about about bioshock and just that level of uh yeah of of of, of the of the high horse it, it lives on it's so yeah. that's so and, uh, funny because shakespeare is so foundational to like everything and western theater and cinema and storytelling that saying something is shakespearean is just so so pointless to me at this point it's like saying it's written in english almost i know yeah it's like <laughs> such a pointless thing like oh uh, oh he uh killed his uncle it's just like well, hamlet like amazing yeah. wow <laughs> it, it's a tragedy it's very shakespearean. Um, yeah hmm that's 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 a funny quote uh it is uh, that's wild to me. I don't mm. know what does it even mean, but whatever. Well, okay, let's let's keep our charity aprons on. Let's bake one more charity pie. Maybe this will be a charity uh, tartlet. It's a little smaller. Um, what if if you could think of a particular video game series or IP or brand that would make a good jump to pure linear media? What would it be? Metal Gear. Metal Gear? No. Like an HBO show? Metal Metal Gear? Gear. No. You think love can blow up a battlefield? I want Metal Gear 2 because it has so many just weird themes that I feel like are relevant right now. Yeah. And I think that could be interesting. I don't know if it would be a good movie because I I think a lot of the beauty of Metal Gear would be lost in the same way that the Bioshock themes would be lost. So I just, it's the same question I had is like, like I don't think, what what could be, what could be added? What, what, What do you gain by doing this? I don't know if I have an answer other than that. People who haven't experienced it can experience some form of it. Okay, you could experience Metal Gear while eating popcorn at the same time. You can't do that when right. you're playing the game, right? Fuck up your lead controller. Was, someone was putting it in your mouth. That's true. If you have yeah. slaves. Yeah. Wow. Well, that you just have. You just ask someone to do it. Uh, I will. <laughs> what's what's your dream? I you know what? Like I feel like I wouldn't want to see a video game like series adapted i would like to see a video game creator try something and like hideo kojima for example i'd be curious to see what a movie would look like by him you know like what if he made a movie 
what what's a Hideo Kojima like movie like? It may it looks like the, the maybe it would lose a lot of what makes him unique because mm. what part of what makes him unique is how he blends gameplay, movies, and like his theme, simulation, um, nuclear wars, etc. Fourth wall stuff. Like you know, he yeah, brings so yeah. much into video games from different media that makes it interesting. So maybe if he made a film, it would lose some of that. But I would still be interested in if he were to make a movie yeah metal gear is too much to be a movie there's too much code of conversations there's too much like side weird fun it just wouldn't work i don't know even though i I still would probably watch it though even if it's a bad hideo kojima movie if it was a bad hideo kojima movie i would still be interested in what that would look like it would be like a twelve-hour long version of of basically the end ending cutscene. You know of what? Like, Solid you know what they or, could or. make a movie out of is Red Dead Two, because <clears throat> that game is not even really the story of that game isn't even strengthened by being a video game. No, yeah, honestly. I agree. Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, I honestly think would have been better as like a four season as a movie. No, as like a oh, four okay. season yes. TV show. Yeah, I agree. Um, Xeno Gears. Like that's another game. Like games that that their game is actually like an impediment to enjoying the story would make a good yes. mini series yeah. or something. So, so yeah, yeah. Those two games. So yeah, like Red Dead Redemption Two. I think. Um, I will say though, could you imagine like a Hideo Kojima movie that's just like his storytelling? Like there's like a 20 minute exposition scene that's just like dumped, and then you just like hear 10 minutes of audio logs, and then the story progresses, like, and then. <laughs> Yeah, like what if the- and then there's a female character, and the camera is just like floating next to her ass for like five minutes straight, while she's talking about like nuclear fission. And, and then there, Nick, and there'd be a scene where Nicholas Winding Refn just shows up, and then there's Guillermo del Toro just there for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> and then he gets I, Margaret Qualley in the game, and she's only it's only her voice most of the time. I don't understand what's going on with that. No, her face is in the game. She is, but. It's, it's it's a strange there, there's a part in metal gear solid 3 where uh big boss mentions or no that one of the characters asks him if he's ever seen a james bond movie and it's such a hilarious conversation that ends up happening he's like i can't take this movie seriously like i don't like stories about spies and he's like i keep i can't by myself I'm not comparing myself to bond and then, like his like his major major tom is like the his english guy and he just like, gets so offended by it they have this just so many funny things like that 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 i think build character that would be really impossible to do in a movie maybe a tv show Mm-hmm. I don't know. It still would be like I just don't think it would work. Not with Metal Gear, even though I like I. That's the first thing I think of because it's like cinematic. I don't think it would work. I think it would have to be Red Dead or or Xeno Gears or Red Dead Two would probably be like the closest. Red Dead Two, to, yeah. To, this would be better as mm. a movie because I actually like I The Last of Us Part Two, for example. That game I think is really important that it's a game. Um, just to the themes and the experience but red dead 2 it's literally just here is this amazing story and we also have this shooting open world game attached to it that's also fun but it feels like they're two parallel streams that never intersect you know (laughs) there were so many parts of that game where i was like just get me through this like shooting gallery so i can see the next part of uh, the story Hmm. like i don't want to do this slow yeah. walking red dead 2 story stuff. oh my god can you imagine that as a tv show great, like the though. whole tuberculosis part would be so incredible ah, yeah so good spoiler alert jesus christ didn't you beat um, red dead 2 never mind i i beat it did everybody listening beat it i don't know probably, uh, probably not. all right 
I guess I guess that's it. Netflix, cancel your fucking Bioshock movie. We don't want to see it. I'll be open-minded. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a video game thing I've liked, though. Hmm. I can't think. I'm trying to think uh, of one. The Dota Mortal show is supposed to be great. People love the Dota show. I thought the recent Mortal Kombat movie was entertaining. Oh, legal, yeah, sorry, the original one was But there's fun. also a Dota show. I don't know if the Dota show is actually good or not, but there is also a Dota uh, show. Uh, the Castlevania show is good. Like the Castlevania show is no is seriously pretty good. Um, that's probably the that's probably like the good the good exception then, right? Castlevania. And I guess the League of Legends show. I haven't seen it though. No, but. no Paul W. Sanderson Mortal Kombat. No, no one. <laughs> uh, hey man, it left us with a, a piece of music that is timeless. As as the universe the goes into its heat death, someone will be listening to that song somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I would love to see like a famous director today do like a video game adapt adaptation, even if it's if it's bad. Like, what if speaking of Paul W. S. Uh, w. S. Anderson, what if like Paul Thomas Anderson? did like a red dead movie so there was a time when someone was talking about paul thomas anderson as this like amazing director and i i would thought they were talking about paul w because i didn't know who paul thomas anderson was and i was yeah. like the resident evil guy really so there's three andersons there's three andersons and you have to keep them straight there's paul thomas anderson who did boogie nice and there will be blood there's wes anderson right. who did the life aquatic and oh, Rushmore, course. and then there's paul w s anderson who did all the resident evil movies so the other two Andersons are very high prestige directors. Like mm-hmm. Paul or what's his name? Wes Anderson is like one of the yeah. all time greats, right? I mean, I, I mean, I'd say so, I'd say they're both like pr- they both are. Oh, you I mean like well, there PTA slightly better, but then again, yeah, there will be blood. Grand Budapest there will be Hotel. Blood is the shit, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that movie, Blood. Yeah. the The only thing uh, the only thing I don't like about Paul Thomas Anderson is that sometimes his fans can be really annoying. Like mm. where it's like, ah, I feel like that one scene from that one movie didn't really work, and they're like, whoa, you, you cannot say that. But um, no, Paul mm. Thomas Anderson's, you know, he's 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 pretty elite. I drink your milkshake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, guys, this podcast has gone, gone long. I, I thought we were going to be out of here in less than an hour. <laughs> Fucking hungry. Uh, I got to pack my bags for my snow vacation. All right, let's do this. Personal wrecks. Oren. Oh, I have two personal wrecks because um, I'm cheating. One, I finished James Gunn's Peacemaker show, and I thought oh, yeah. it was really surprising. It, it stuck the landing. Um, eight solid episodes of television. That's both entertaining and thoughtful and uh compelling so i recommend the peacemaker show i usually don't recommend superhero stuff but i actually thought it was really solid and then my second more prestige recommendation um i've been watching Werner herzog movies lately and i rewatched agire the wrath of god and that movie is fucking insane so if you want to watch an actually crazy movie where the story is as crazy as the filmmaker making it and vice versa. Aguirre, the wrath of God with Klaus Kinski is a entertaining watch. So yeah. Very nice. Kevin. Uh, mine is, um, I watched this somewhat recently. I watched Hellraiser, which I had never seen before. Ooh, I love that movie. The original movie. And I had never seen a movie by, uh, Wes Craven before. So 
definitely he has a style. Those transitions, holy shit! And hmm. there's like all of these like weird fleshy, gross, disgusting uh, close-ups that he does. Uh, actually, Hellraiser More. was directed by Clive Barker. Sorry, yeah, Clive Barker. I always mix those two up in my brain. It's like I call yellow white and white. I don't know why. So I Clive Barker of Jericho. Clive Barker's Jericho. He played like that shooter game in 2007. That was the first thing I had played by him. Which also had this kind of Hellraiser, Hellraiser vibe to it too. Um, sorry, Clive Barker. His style is very distinct. Clive Barker also apparently argued that video games are amazing back in the day when no one was defending them in the movie world. So he seems like a cool guy. Um, I like the movie a lot. There's a. I will say I talked with Aaron about this already. Watching it in high fidelity, I think potentially diminished mm-hmm. the movie a little bit mm-hmm. because you could see some unintentional behind the scenes things like. Uh, when there's a girl, the scene where the girl runs down the hallway and she gets chased by this like crazy looking monster, which the monster design, the set design of that movie is awesome. I just want to mention that. Um, you could see like that it was on like a cart. <laughs> it was like obvious on a cart, <laughs> which made it kind of fun in, in a way, but you know, it definitely diminished some of the immersion. <laughs> yeah. You, you need level. to watch Hellraiser on your CRTV with your VHS player. You watched that's it what wrong. I told him. Yeah, that's, that's what exactly I told what him. He said. I, I said, that's, that's I said, said. Some movies are just better on a VHS, and VHS. those '80s horror films are are them. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the movie had really good atmosphere. I really liked the main character lady. I don't know what her name is in the movie, but mm. Julia. But uh, she was. I I had I had an analogy for her. She was like another character or something. Oh, she reminded me of um, the main character from um, the movie with Scarlett Johansson, and she's like, you know the beach and the you know black water stuff i can't remember the name of it oh god under beach the skin. scene where she's like under the skin yeah. oh yeah julia skin. reminds me of her from under the skin they have they seem like a very similar roles they're playing in these movies almost to like was was under the skin homaging this because like you know taking people in for some satanic or not satanic but sacrifice and stealing their flesh seemed pretty spoiler, yeah sorry if you haven't seen under the skin apologies <laughs> but uh it seemed like very similar premise for that character so i don't know if that was huh. intentional or not but definitely I, was interesting i'd have to uh, rewatch it i haven't even i i I'd never made that connection that's interesting maybe it is <clears throat> yeah i don't know but um I, I definitely liked it a lot and uh clive barker i also was like oh this is totally evil within one is mm-hmm. like aping this mm-hmm. so hard it's ridiculous um, even Resident Evil sometimes, but Evil Within really it was is is that with the, the hooks and the flesh and all that kind of stuff. So I, I could see like I, I just felt like that movie felt like it was a uh, clear like milestone in the genre that really influenced a lot of stuff that I like. So that's probably why I wanted to see it. Was I, I also like how they're S and M demons. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name is definitely there's definitely some like funny parts. There's one that is like the slightly I don't know if he's supposed to be like a slightly overweight guy with glasses. Yeah, he like takes his mask off and he's like has no eyes, but he's wearing glasses. I love that. It's definitely like comedic. Yeah, it's good. I, I like mm. it too. It's a good. It's a good one. I, I like Hellraiser a lot. I actually didn't see it until like a couple years ago for the first time, and I I, I actually oh, wow. thought it was really cool. Yeah, I watched. I quite that. liked it as a teenager on VHS on a CRT TV, like in the nineties. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, you should rewatch uh, it. I think you'd like it still. Mm. It came out a year. It still has some good at, atmosphere and creepy moments. It came out a year after both blue velvet and the fly. So it kind of came out in the same era 
as like the Cronenbergs and Lynch uh, peak movies. It does. I will say it. It feels more dated. Like Blue Velvet feels like a timeless movie. Sure. This movie feels like this is an eighties movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but in in a good way. I love eighties movies. So. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, I'm gonna do a quick. Uh, okay. First, you guys have Apple TV. Have you ever watched an Apple? Not Apple TV. Apple Plus. You watched any no. of their their programming? Apple Plus shows like Ted Lasso, which is kind of a dumb show, but but it <laughs> but people fucking love that show. Uh, but it's 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 a dumb show. Uh, have a lot of close-ups of Apple products, iPhones, iPads. Uh, people are always FaceTiming. Uh, it's like uh, you guys are like because they're going for this like prestige high art. I mean, Ted Lasso's not really prestige high art, but it did win a bunch of uh, Emmys. Uh, but like you know, high quality stuff. It shouldn't be having that kind of product placement, but it does. In any case, I watched a show called the servant, which the first season was this like very slow burn whore, kind of like Rosemary's baby with like a little dash of, of uh, hereditary. Uh, and it was, mm-hmm. I was really enjoying it. And then the second season happened and it just went off the fucking rails and into the Canyon and just did like <laughs> so many roles and just total trash fire. Uh, I'm still watching it, but I'm like, very much regretting watching it so that's that's not really i recommend the first season if if you want to just watch one season and be okay with the mystery lingering which show Uh, is this again servant servant okay it is it is about a family who hires a nanny who is a young girl a young midwestern religiously raised girl who comes to live with them and uh things happen and it's very dark odd family it's very well shot. It's very like moody and atmospheric and uses like light and symbols to communicate the story in really clever ways. Uh, and then it just goes totally apeshit the second season. It's like a completely different show. It's the same actors in the same location in the same story, but it's like not not the same. So, so you're saying it's it, so you're saying it went full Westworld? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, I don't think Westworld got that bad, but um, like the, I don't know. Like uh, Westworld, I'm conflicted about. Westworld is always kind of teetering on the on the edge of being really great and really really ridiculous, right? Um, but uh, that, so what? My actual yeah. recommendation is is a YouTube video that Kevin actually showed me. Although I I was familiar, familiar with the creator, I'd w- been watching his videos for a while. Line goes up. It is a two hour documentary on NFTs and cryptocurrency. That will answer all your questions. Uh, I, I think if if you want to know what the fuck an N- NFT is and why it's uh, maybe maybe worth or not, your time or not, uh, watch this video. It's it's a pretty really what it is is a pretty strong indictment of the entire crypto economy and it's in every claim that it makes and it's it's well researched and well uh, it's clear it explains itself well. Like I, I recommend it. So uh, indictment, indictment. That. That's a synonymous with endorsement, right? So I. Sh- uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> not, I, I endorse the video. The video does not endorse <laughs> NFTs or cryptocurrency. <laughs> I, I really should watch it. I know that both you and Kevin uh, recommended it to me. So one of these days, I just got to sit down and watch it because uh, NFTs are still kind of a nebulous concept to me. I know that there's a lot of icky stuff about it with a they are by design well okay there you right. go so that's the whole thing yeah. is cryptocurrency is a fucking con that's like working functioning on this mysterious illusion of like look you just it's too much for you to understand or trust the yeah. smart people um this technology is going to pay off in the future 
and and the, the short it's not gonna pay off in the future it's bullshit it's all bullshit all of it yeah okay i'm mm-hmm. I, I need to educate myself and watch it yeah so uh I, I pretty strongly recommend that and on that note now that the crypto bros have uh checked out sorry crypto bros uh i think we're gonna have to call this a pod i'm calling it a pod yeah all right guys uh thank you again madden we love you uh and uh we'll be back in two weeks with i think a lot of uh talk about a certain game yeah a little elden ring well that's so exciting no no not elden ring we're gonna talk about the second crossfire x campaign what are you talking about yeah so there's moments in your life right where things change and you can never go back to the way things were 9-11 the pandemic the release of bloodborne the release of when someone has a child uh elden ring is one of those moments right where there's going to be before elden ring right it's very possible and then and then after elden ring ae so that's that's the different eras we're going to be living in it's very possible we'll see what happens i will i know we're trying to close close out this podcast but I do remember distinctly a before and after with my first uh, FromSoft game. Like Me too. The, the way I, I, I responded no to video games was different after my first playthrough of Bloodborne. So yeah, it's a it's a hyperbole. It's an exaggeration, sort of, but it, there's truth in it. Definitely. Well, imagine Bloodborne, but fantasy and with towers that you can climb up and open unlock more of the map uh yes the the realistic gritty game bloodborne you know that that military shooter bloodborne uh, yeah <laughs> all right I, I i'm in this guys we're out of here peace see ya